And that's just not the narrative that Americans want to tell, right? We want to tell the story about freedom of speech and democracy. Lewis Moore is a history professor based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. In this episode, we talked about why he researches black newspapers, reading, and how he uses Twitter as a historian. Be sure to rate, share, subscribe on iTunes, but if you have any thoughts or questions you'd like to share, you can do that using hashtag BLBpodcast or going to blbpodcast.com. Here's our conversation. Confederate armies came down in New Orleans today, and it's all and it happened to be Confederate Memorial Day in a few states. And I went to your Twitter, as you are affectionately known in some circles as Twitter's favorite historian. Um, I went to your Twitter account, and I saw that you tweeted your favorite anti-Confederate political cartoon from 1938. And also posted a screenshot of the Louisiana Weekly from April 1967 that had the headlines, Four File Complaints of Police Brutality and Protest Stop and Frisk Law Against Children. And your text was... New Orleans ran the city like a Confederate city. So my question is, when something major happens and you see like all this news and you see all these things happening, as a historian, what is your first thought? Like, are you thinking of like a front page that you remember researching? Or are you remembering like a moment in history that you saw this happen already? Yeah, so yeah, like both. Um, so if I know something quick, if I could kind of put it in historical context in like one or two tweets. Um, I'll do that because um, I always think um, that's important for us, right? As, as academics, as historians, we've read a lot, um, and, and so 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 much of the time before social media, so much of our conversations goes to us through to each other, uh, and so this kind of changes things. And so there is this kind of weird responsibility to um, you got to give that information, right? So like you know, not everything's new under the sun type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to the primary sources, uh, I'll always look at the stuff I have. I have a pretty good memory of, of stuff I've, I've copied. So the Louisiana Weekly, I have uh, every sports section from 1955 to 1968 because I do sports. And then I've got most of the editorials. And then I got a lot of front pages. So um, most of the stuff where I saw from like police brutality. Uh, so I, I happen to have that one mm-hmm. uh, because of that front page. Because so I just kind of keep tabs whenever I'm doing my research on sports. Um, I, I keep tabs on what's going on in the city um, at that time. So and I feel like, you know, someone from Louisiana recently, you know, very few people have access to that because it's not online from what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all microphone stuff um, that I have. My own research is, is all on the sports page. So, so I'll share other stuff, um, you know, gladly. And I think it's important for the public to see that. So where are all these files? Are they on your computer or in your office? Uh, PDF. So, mm. um, yeah, so my book, I have a book coming out. I have two, but one of them is dealing with the civil rights movement and the black athlete. And um, I looked at a lot of black newspapers from 1945 to 1968 to kind of retell the story from the black press. And so I PDF. Do you 
I know you say you want the public to know. Now, I know it's easy with Twitter because I feel like all kind of journalists are on Twitter. It's where we get a lot of our news from. And I, that, I found you on Twitter because of journalists was retweeting you. I don't know if it, they, you might have had a thread going that day or something. But do a lot of journalists follow you and say, oh, thank you. I didn't know this. Or I'm going to look into this even further. I don't know if I say thanks, but I, I, do, I, I do, you know, people do follow, they like the history stuff more than, like, the live basketball commentary, um, and, I, and I, I think they appreciate it, right, because most of the stuff I give is, man, I'd say at least, if it's history, 99% of the stuff I give is from a black newspaper, um, and this is just stuff they haven't seen before, right, uh, most of the people who are online, um, they're, you know, they grew up not... I wouldn't say they grew up not reading the black newspapers, but it just wasn't as prevalent, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the dailies are, are out there, and, and most of the access that they have, the, the searchable databases, are, you know, you know, daily newspapers, whether it's the LA Times, New York Times, Washington Post. And so I think people appreciate um, me giving those primary sources, um, whether it's editorial, political cartoons, or, or just like something that I, I figured out from a newspaper. But yeah, I think a lot of, I can't tell you how many journalists follow, follow me, but I think they just come for, for the history, um, and then, like, uh, probably ignore the basketball stuff at, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. I remember seeing a tweet that said you research black newspapers. Can you tell me why you do and how you got started in doing that? Yeah, um, so my background is in, so U.S. history, but with African American uh, influence, uh, or specialty. And so I, write, I do a lot of sports in the black act. Um, and so from my project, I have another book coming out, my shameless plug, uh, Boxing, uh, Black Players from 1880 to 1915. And I looked at a lot of black newspapers, you know, to tell that story too. Um, and that's just kind of what I do. Uh, use, you know, kind of, kind of reintroduce these old black voices talking about, you know, black people, uh, and, and sometimes black spaces and, and most times really integrated spaces. Um, so I have a lot of stuff on file. Um, when I started my boxing project, I wasn't PDFing. That was kind of a new technology. Mm -hmm. uh, within that victim, once I started the civil rights project, the civil rights movement, the black athlete, that's when I started to PDF a lot of stuff. Um, so that again, the main point of that project Times-Picayune. Did you have a favorite paper growing up, and or which paper did you read growing up? Oh man, I only, you know, honestly, <laughs> I, uh, but I only read really the sports sections. Um, so I'm from Southern California, so you know, LA Times, mm -hmm. um, and then the local or local newspaper, you know, whatever that was. But you know, LA Times and the Daily Times, um, and then one of the Sacramento, be the Sacramento Bee, which is a really good paper. Oh, yeah. Uh, out here, I'm in Grand Rapids now. I don't read much of the Grand Rapids. 
kind of elaborate on like what you really liked about the editorials and the sports from that time period um so for the sports writer um jim hall he you know he's 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 one of those black writers who not only will give you kind of the local information but then he'll, he'll talk about what's going on nationally um and then when it's time to talk about some of the major issues like you know civil rights movement or, or jim crow um you know, he's not afraid, right? He's not mm-hmm. tiptoeing around anything. Um, uh, he goes after the city, he goes after the state. Um, you know, Louisiana and New Orleans were notorious for segregating their sports. Mm-hmm. And he's the voice, right? He, he, led, he, led, he leads boycotts. Um, he's the voice of the community. Of the, of, you know, if you want to figure out what black bands are thinking, like, you go to his little column called Time Out. Um, but they also give you, you know, the lowdown on, you know, Southern or Grammy football. Know, basketball, what's going on, um, and you know, so so I like that. I appreciate that he's not um, complacent. You know, he attacks segregation um, through sports. Um, editorials the same way. Very strong editorials when something you know Louisiana passes like you know a ban like on sports, or they talk about school. You know, when when it's time to iterate school, you know, um, that editorial very aggressive. Um, you get the sense that they don't care what might happen to them. So, so you get a taste of what's going on in, in black, white, it, you know, in, in the South, but also, you know, what Southerners are thinking about what's going on nationally, too. So I like that. That sounds so fascinating. You have, like, such a cool job. <laughs> you get to... to you know. yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really make money from this, though. So, so my thing is, you know, I'm at a teaching school, so we teach, and so, you know, research is something we do, but not as much as going to like a big time school. Um, so, you know, when you find time, you know, you, you really focus on stuff that lets you love. Mm. Um, so. Do you feel like the papers of today, you can research in the same way you researched in these papers from the 60s or even before? Oh, man, no, it's too much. Um, like, so I had, I was recently doing a project on like, uh, grand, you know, Boxing in Grand Rapids, Michigan, like the history of boxing in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it's just, it's just a lot, right? It's, mm-hmm. um, luckily, the search engines, right? So I can kind of figure out what date I need to go to or, you know, around that date. Like, you know, you know there's a fight. The sky fights on, let's say, April 24th. You know, you look uh, like four or five days before and a little bit after to get the information you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with, with dailies, the thing is with, with a white daily newspaper, like in the past, we have the daily newspapers, and so it takes a while to, to get through these big newspapers, um, and it takes, you know, there's a lot in them, um, you know. Whereas, let's say if I'm looking at a black paper from the 60s, usually it's a weekly newspaper. Um, there are, I'd say, maybe, 20, maybe 30 pages, which isn't a lot, um, you know, and, and the, you know, the, you know what know what's going on, you know, there's going to be the front page, like say Louisiana Week, I have kind of memorized the front page, and then whatever they don't finish on the front page, usually page seven and eight, you know, PDF, PDF, mm-hmm. uh, sports sessions, 
perfect period, mm-hmm. that would just be, oh, so I looked at it before for some other stuff, like, you know, trying to find a needle in a haystack, so you don't know what you're looking for. Um, and then it's like, ah, the, the editorial, you know, sports editorial is not, you know, what I want, right? I want sports editorial talking about black hat. Um, and it's rare that they do that. So, you know, with, with the black research, you, you, you really get that all the time. Do you feel like there are things that were said in the 60s that either could be, not repurposed, but, you know, could be said again today and there's not really a space for that? Or do you feel like, and also, do you do you miss, I mean, just straight up, do you miss having, uh, like, those black voices in, like, black newspapers? Yeah, um, it's different, right? Today, there's no knock on them, you know, mm-hmm. they made it, right? But a lot of the... The main black voices are at like ESPN or like a major newspaper. So they can say stuff, um, but sometimes they can't say stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put that clearly, but I think you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But when, if you're dealing with the 60s in the black press, you're the voice, right? Um, I don't know how many. Um, so you you have to say it, right? Or people aren't, 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 aren't going to read you anymore. Um, and, and the white newspaper's not saying it, so you, you have to attack um, integration. You have to talk about Malcolm X and, and Muhammad Ali. You have to you have to talk about these things. You have to talk about um, what's going on locally, and um, and you have to do it in a way where you know you're not tiptoeing around. Or like I said, these, these, the leaders, the, you know, the, the citizens will be mad at you because you're their voice. And I think. They had that sense of responsibility, and it's not to say that the people today don't. Um, there's a lot of very good people; they're, they're very good, uh, but they can't just say anything they want to say. Uh, but you get that um, with the black papers, right? Forties, fifties, sixties, even in what I've been reading black newspapers, like sports section since like the 1890s, right? Hmm. And you'll get, you know, you'll get that um, because they have to be that way. Did you have any like front page or anything come to mind uh, when Betsy DeVos was saying that HBCUs were school choice? Because I I just thought you'd have a front page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, my friends like, what can you say? But you know, I think what I did is you go back. Um, I think I put stuff out from Alabama. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Where the move was to right after um, Brown v. Board, the move wasn't school choice; it was freedom of choice, right? And so, what I, what I said was, um, that's the same language, but the same language that the boss and others use of school choice, it's the same language that white southerners use post integration. It's the same choice that whites in the North used when they had their bus, right? This is you know, freedom of choice, right? I I should be able to send my kid to school wherever I want meaning they don't want to go to school with black people. So and that's the larger point that, that I was making. I think some other people were making, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's related. Um, somehow it's related. Um, but it's just the way when you say school choice or freedom of choice, it's the way that you don't really have to talk about race where you're clearly mm-hmm. talking about race. So... I, f- I just feel like I'm referencing so much of your tweets because that's how I was introduced to you. <laughs> but yeah. so when the FBI tweeted that they were honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on the anniversary of his assassination, 
You quoted yeah. it and said, I'm thinking the FBI intern who tweeted this has not looked at the FBI files on MLK. So yeah. I only recently have known know what you mean. Like in the last couple of years, it definitely wasn't while I was in school, um, maybe in college. I'm not that far out of college, so that's still pretty recent. Um, why do you think a lot of people don't know or do you think people do know and just kind of are rewriting history? Did they know that they, um, what, infiltrated our spider Martin Luther King? Yes. Well, I think that's <laughs> just because we, as, as a nation, right, we're our affair with King is just that day. It's just that day, that speech, to have a dream speech and to talk about the FBI and King compl complicates that narrative. But then you have to really answer, well, why was the FBI doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why is Hoover telling these lies? Why? Why are they trying to set up King? Um, you know, who else are they doing this to? And they go, oh, it's the Black Panthers. It's, oh, it's really everybody, every black person who said anything, right? Um, and that's just not the narrative that Americans want to tell, right? We want to tell the story about freedom of speech and democracy. And we want to tell the story about King wanted, you know, um, you know, integration and he wanted this beloved community. And to tell the FBI stories to really say that the federal government doesn't want that, right? Mm -hmm. So that that just complicates it and it, it really tells the truth about who we are, right? I mean, that the federal government is investigating this guy who all he wants is integrated society. I should let you know what the federal government thinks about integration. Um, and I don't think, you know, we're ready to go down that road as a society and admit that. Do you think not... Do you think that translates into journalism? Not wanting to go down that road as a society translate into not reporting things fully? Um, it's, I know no, that's a good honestly, I have my blinders on when I'm on like social media. I don't follow people I want to follow, like the really good people. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think in, in this time, right, where, you know, a lot of times you generate uh, money by clicks. Um, people don't want to take the time to, to investigate, and, and that costs money too. Um, mm -hmm. They don't want to take the time to investigate. Sometimes people don't want to deal with the comments, uh, the hate, right? And so people go for, for the easy road. Um, and so I think it's part, it's part, part of lack of money in, in, you know, in the field, and it's also just easier just to say something really, really quick and, and get it out there instead mm -hmm. of taking your time. So I was reading this book edited by Marita Golden, and it said, I think it was like, there was three different professors who said their students don't read. Is From your observations, is that true? Mm, like, they don't read, like, stuff I assign them, or just don't read? Both. Um, the stuff you assign them <laughs> would be, I think that would yeah. be easier to tell. <laughs> if they... um, that's a tough one. So it's not that they don't they don't read. They read what they have. They still like they have to read. Um, they wait till, let's say, there's a study guide come out and then they'll try that, right? Like, <laughs> oh, there's a test in a week. Like, I'll read this. But if it's like, hey, on Tuesdays and Thursdays we're going to talk about this this chapter, um, I would say, you know, like 25% of the class will have it done, like, all the time. Um, <laughs> another 25% will have it done, but they just won't talk. Um, even though they're adults, they just don't want to talk. <laughs> And then there's like the half of the class who's just like, ah, I didn't get to it. I have four other classes and I have a job. Um, mm -hmm. And then like at the end of the, the 
this on purpose. I'm going to put enough reading questions on there so that you didn't read. You're not going to get like an A um, at all. No chance at an A like, if you don't read. Like, no chance at maybe even a B, right? Because you'll miss a month of stuff. So, you know, do your reading and then they'll, they'll wait to the last minute and then hope to come up with something. But in general, yeah, I don't, you know, there's some students who'll come to class and, and they'll be reading a different book. Like, you know, is that, oh, what class is that from? Oh, I'm just reading it. Um, but most uh, during the year, you know, they're not reading. Um, I try to get them to kind of get excited about books. I tell them all the, I always talk about used bookstores and tell them where to go around here. Um, and, and, you know, they're not, at this moment, they're not interested. So I think they're really interested in, in like, eating and working. Like, am I going to have a summer job? Okay. Deal. So, I mean, it comes and I tell them, like, look, they're actually, should read on the one hand, you know, a lot of you are paying money, you know, to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the reality, this is one of the last times in your life where you'll just have this opportunity to, to, to read a lot, um, right? And you have four classes, you read four different things, this is it. Um, and, and to flip it, like, it's not a bad thing to have to read. It's really a great thing because you're not going to have this time in, like, three or four years, right, when you're working full time or you got a family and stuff like that. So try to get them, like, to take advantage of this time that they have. So instead of, like, shaming them and, and not reading. I just try to encourage them to read a little bit more. That's like one of my, not regrets, but like I think about all the time I spend reading now compared to, so I read a lot up until college and then during college, I'm like, oh my goodness, life is so hard. You know, like I don't have any time to read. I had plenty of time, but now I'm just thinking about that one class and we had like, we read like. Bill Roden books. We, my professor, she wrote a book about um, sports and race and society. And you know, and I'm just like, I just remember yeah. skimming it. Um, real quick too on reading. I think the other thing about reading is students um, look at it as they look at these books as something that's against them in the sense that it's too expensive, and, and so mm-hmm. they always right it's like oh now i'm not gonna buy this book it costs 50 bucks and now you're you're mad at it right this book costs 50 i don't buy books that expensive but they're, they're always mad right oh, i got all these books and so at the beginning of the semester it just starts out bad right because that the books they're in and the book is taking food off their table it's too expensive mm-hmm. um so look, we try to put stuff online you know ebooks try to sign ebooks articles and stuff like that Oh, college years. I, you know, I'm so far removed. <laughs> so, oh, man, I can really talk about books all day, but I shouldn't. But what is one, um, I guess, criticism you would have of journalism in 2017? Just from, like, you know, like, oh, outside looking in, or even as, like, a consumer? Um, no, no, I just don't, you know, what I'm, what I'm starting to learn and, and just, out there is, you know, there's not a lot of women, you know, women of color and black women specifically, you, but just in general, who get opportunities, uh, especially to, to, to not only be that voice in press, but then to, to be that, you know, that public intellectual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need that because the one, kind of few consistent things that you'll look over when you, when you go to the black newspaper and you study civil rights or, or study like black history. One of them I always tell people is like, you know, police brutality, right? Especially in this Black Lives Matter era, like, police brutality is going to be on the front page all the time in these black descriptions. The other thing is, is, is women are going to be at the forefront, right? Um, mm. 
they're going to be there making history. They're going to be there trying to, to help you know the community. They're going to be there fighting for civil rights. And, and, I, and I think that voice needs to be heard uh, more now. Um, you know, you can't put that on the back there. You can't just kind of highlight a few people. So, so you know, I wish journalism can highlight more uh, women of color and, and black women. Um, and I also wish journalism would get rid of fake news. You know, it's, um, right? Just the idea that you could put something out there fake. It, it sounds great, right? And it's not meant to be fine like the onion, but it's really meant to fool people and trick people uh, to change the political views. And I wish that, you know, that would go away. The fake news, like from, like from, like, you know, like a newspaper or from, like, on yeah. social media? When I think the way the internet works, right, in some mm-hmm. people's minds, is you got a website, you call yourself news, get the same billing as, as the journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish that that go away. Um, but journalists, you know, I, I don't have too much complaints. I wish there would have been more, not, not so loving of, of Donald Trump. Uh, and that's, that's such a clickbait thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. I follow, beautiful thing about, you know, social media, Twitter is, is you can follow who you want to follow, um, and you know, and just kind of ignore the rest. Um, so I do. There's some, you know, we're like you know, West Lowry for for you know Washington Post for everything he did, which you know started with Mike Brown and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, follow. You know, it's like one of those trusted names that I you know, follow. So. I really, I thought one of my favorite things was when at during it was after Morgan William hit the. Oh, amazing uh, game winner over UConn. And you okay. tweeted that if you wanted to learn about black girls playing basketball in Mississippi, pick up uh, Coming of Age in Mississippi. Coming of Age in Mississippi. Yeah. And I actually just happened to buy that because I heard the name before and I was in a used yeah. bookstore. It just kind of all came together. But why, so why do you suggest books for whether it's you know, just a Twitter, it doesn't matter if it's a journalist, but you know, like a Twitter follower or somebody to read um, when it comes to like learning about sports history or just other people. Um, series one, when I was getting my, my PhD, the, the professor I worked with, he was like one of those guys, like just got walking into photography, saying, hey, read this, read that. And I kind of picked that up. Um, I lost that a little bit once I started teaching, you know, you get so busy and then there's researching your own stuff, so, mm. um, but, you know, and I, and I like that, right, I like sharing, um, but I also like highlighting other people's work, and I think that's the most important part, right, so it's not like, like, I don't, I don't know everything, I don't know these things just because I know everything, I know these things because I read other people's work, and, and mm. I think it's important to highlight, you know, you know, people's work and, and to kind of share stuff or, or you know, if somebody's going to read Coming of Age in Mississippi just because they want to know about basketball, that's great. It's a fantastic book um, that they should read anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Or I think the other, the other thing I tweeted was, you know, I do this often with Shattering the Glass, right? It's a very mm-hmm. good book on women's basketball. Um, and I think people need to read it. Um, so, so I'll do that, right? Just to kind of, you know, get people, other people's work out there or, you know, um, hopefully, you know, to encourage other people to do the same thing. And I like that. I like that feature, um, about Twitter, you know, where you can go to Amazon and then share it, you know, kind of very simple, like there, you know, there it is. Go, mm-hmm. you know, kind of go and get it. Um, and it's, 
whoever did that certainly helped for John Lewis, right? Um, hmm. Right, right after Trump, you know, dissed him. Um, somebody had like, look, here's those comic books, right? Those, oh, yeah. those graphic novels, the uh, John Lewis ones. They thought out instantly. Um, and I think uh, you get the sense that people, and I tell my colleagues this all the time, because you know we're struggling to get students in our classroom just the way the university is made up now. You know, history, you know, history classes struggle across the nation. But the one thing you learn from Twitter, you follow our historians, is that people want our voice. They, they, they you know, they, they appreciate our voice. Um, and so I think it's you know, part of not some a duty or anything like that. But I really like kind of sharing that information, right? What I know or what other people know. Because mm-hmm. I, I think people, most people follow me. You know, they, that they, they, I mean, they follow for a certain reason. I think I kind of want to stay true to that. Do you, so. I've, do you have you ever wanted to be a journalist? Did you ever think about it even a little bit? Because <laughs> I feel like you um, you have to say I don't know if I wanted to be a teacher or something, but I feel like I always want to share things that I know or things that I've learned as well. <laughs> uh, I wish no, I don't. But I wish I could write like you know, like a very good investigative journalist. But like I wish I could just write like that, like write a like you know just go do a piece like that. Mm-hmm. I think I was watching the Henrietta Lacks story, you know, free mm-hmm. HBO for the last couple of days. You know? <laughs> so I was watching it, and just the process, right, that, the, you know, the author was going through. Like, that, that, that was exciting. But, mm-hmm. um, man, I don't, you know, I love tenure, too, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a trade-off. There's, there's a trade-off. Like, you gotta, I, that's so scary, like, you know, especially this morning. Right, that idea that you gotta have something every two days, mm-hmm. um, you know, or you gotta go out there to, to, to write something for two hundred fifty bucks. Right, that's that's scary to me. Mm-hmm. 